What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Wizards of Galilee Place podcast. Vernon and Damo back on the show. It's getting less and less fun by the day. And I think in some aspect, I expected them to regress to the mean. I know that the East is very tight. I didn't think that they'd be bad enough to fall outside the the top six before um, the All-Star break. But I mean, perspective, again, we're talking about a game, half game difference. It's not the end of the world. I mean, you know, we win three or four games there in a row there. And, you know, the next thing you know, we're back at the, the number two, number three seed. So it's not the end of the world. But it's starting to get bad. And it would, again, it would be different if, like, we were losing games, but at least they were competitive. We were doing the right things. But this, it just continues to look more and more like an ugly brand of basketball that I'm not sure any of us thought we were going to see, at least not to this extent, from the missed shots to the stupid turnovers to the completely letting up on the defensive side of the floor. I mean, it's all just kind of uh, unwinding all at the same time. And it's, uh, it's getting quite worrisome. Yeah. I mean, after that 10 and three start, they're what five and nine cents and it could be five and 10 cents. So they don't get a win tonight. Um, And the next 10 games, I think seven of them are on the road. So against really quality opponents. So it's not going to get easier. I mean, I think the fact that the East is so bunched up and it's really like only two bad teams, I think actually is to their advantage uh, because there's no, there's no like group of six or seven teams that are like running away with the conference, right? Like the gap between the, the 10, you know, the gap between like the 12 seed and the, the, the four seed is like three games, um, so it's not, you know, you're not, it's not, it's not time to panic, but they, they need, they got some stuff they got to figure out. They got a lot of stuff they got to figure out. And that range between, um, that, what, what were you saying? The, the 12 range and whatever. And then, um, like the, 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 the force, I mean, that's probably going to extend all the way up to the two seat because now we can see with the bulls is everyone is in the COVID protocols. So you're talking about yeah. them losing a bunch of games now. So really it's just going to be Brooklyn and then a bunch of teams competing for two through basically oh, the Bucks. 10. The Bucks would be up there. Oh, the Bucks would be up yeah. there. They're, they're, they're 12 and one with their big three. They'll be, they'll, they might pass the Nets, honestly. Um, but yeah, I mean, as, as we kind of suspected Nets and Bucks and then everybody else. <laughs> So, who yeah. you know, COVID, the rule change, ball change, it's like the great equalizer this year. So, you know, the Wizards got time to figure it out. It's not, you know, it's not all start. I'm not, I'm not looking at draft boards yet. Yeah, um, it's definitely like because we got this banged up. Was it was it last season or was it the season before? Whenever it was yeah, last it was year. last season, right? Yeah. yeah, before we made the Gaffer trade, like we had, I mean, we had some random randoms getting minutes for us. Like it was bad. So, because uh, Russ, I believe, had to play a, a couple of games where he usually would he would sit out because of the back to back stuff, but he had to play us. We would have 
wouldn't have had enough eligible players. Yeah. Um, nonetheless, the East is uh, pretty competitive this year. So, I mean, the, the fact that everything is still so close and they're a play-in team, I mean, I'm trying not to get too disappointed because that's where I saw them and, and where I predicted them coming into the season. Um, so I'm, I'm trying not to get to like, oh, it's doom and gloom. But man, compared to the first, the, the, to that ten and three start, it's just not the same brand of basketball that we saw. Again, I could live with it if we were still playing good ball and we were losing. Because if we were playing like solid basketball, you were seeing the positive changes. If we started out the year five and nine, would I mean we'd probably still be a little upset, but would we be surprised? You know, probably not. But the the fact that they started off ten and three. You know, it's unrealistic to ask them to win 80% of their games going on for the rest of the year, but they set a new standard and expectation for themselves, and they just haven't lived up to it. All right. Yeah, if they if they started in the reverse, started 5-9, and nine, and then went on a 10-3 run, you're feeling totally different about the team, even though they got the same record. <laughs> um, right, you right. Because it's trends different. But I just think, again, I, I guess I'm still kind of glass half full. Like, it's a lot of things, like I said. Your three highest-paid players are having the worst seasons of their life. Beal, Dinwiddie, Bertans. Bertans don't even look like an NBA player at this point. Um, Dinwiddie looks 45 on the court. And Beal looks like the Monstars stole his skills. So, you know, given that, they're still in position to, to, to win some games here and be in the playoffs. So, uh, you, you got Rui coming back, Thomas Bryant coming back at some point. I don't know when, but at some point. So, you know, it, they just got to figure it out, man. Uh, they got to figure it out. I, like I said, I'm not in full panic mode yet. No, me neither. But so, some fun stuff today. To, and, and this can – some of it will tie in the Wizards. Some of it will not. We're starting to see a lot of the, the trade talk come around. And the trade deadline this year is February. What did I say earlier on another pod at the beginning? What, is it February 10th? That's the trade deadline. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So coming slowly but surely, but we're starting to see all this different stuff now. We're starting to see uh, teams interested in Jeremy Grant. Obviously, the Ben Simmons stuff has resurfaced. We've seen the Pacers. Uh, come out and and speaking of since the Pacers have done that the the uh, the Pacers have won like a decent amount of games so I don't know if that changes their tune on on how they view the season like why I mean you brought in Rick Carlisle and now you're winning games I don't know I, I feel like that may sort of change your direction I mean unless the idea is maybe Carlisle resigns and you just give the team over to Lloyd Pierce and then that's a different conversation but I mean I doubt that happens so because I. But, but yeah. I find it funny. Did Rick Carlisle go there to coach a contender, or did he just go just wanted to go home? Like, I mean, he he's not he's no dummy. Like, he had to see that roster and know that it wasn't a contender, right? I, I mean, mean I, I guess, but they've been competitive. Like, they're like one of those teams that has the potential to be like a four or five seed. And then better coaching and maybe a, a trade, you know, for like a a tier two, maybe tier three player, you know, can maybe get them like into Eastern Conference, at least second round consideration, you know. So, I mean, they just I mean, it's Indiana. Like, I don't know nobody clamoring to go to Indiana. Like their their best player is going to be the player that they draft. Um, you know, yeah. Paul George yeah. is the best player they had since what Reggie Miller. And they had to draft him. So, you know, I feel like they're in that same boat again. Like, 
you know, since the Paul George trade, you know, they've kind of just been quicksand of mediocrity. Um, news from Woj, NBA has postponed the Bulls-Pistons game on Tuesday and the Bulls-Raptors game on Thursday. You know, it's um, – I know we just kind of touched on the Bulls. Yeah, you know what, though? And, again, I said this on Twitter the other day, and you can call it heartless, you can call it unfair, whatever. I don't think that the NBA should be postponing games this year. Everyone knew the consequences of – this isn't the first rodeo of having to deal with COVID. If you don't – if your players aren't the ones following the protocols and – um, I mean, even if something like accidental happens, I mean, at the end of the day, like, you know, it could happen to anyone, you know, and I feel like it's not fair for the other teams that are not getting these types of troubles and um, they now have to forfeit their game. It just it doesn't seem fair to me in that aspect. But I, I would I would agree with that if it wasn't for the different uh I would say success rates between the vaccines because it seems like that J and J vaccine is screwing over a lot of players because it's almost as if if you took that vaccine, you're now more likely to get COVID <laughs> than what you were before taking the vaccine. So, you know, I think that's kind of screwing a lot of these some of these players over. Like if they got that particular vaccine, you know, you could you can get it. Um, those those breakthrough cases. So. Uh, you know, I, I think postponing the games is cool up to a certain extent. Like they can't, you know, postpone too many games, but at least give them a little bit of time to get some guys back to get even eligible. Cause I don't even think the bulls have eight eligible guys. And they had, um, just enough with the, um, Alfonso or Alonzo, Alfonso McKinney signing i think they and then with kobe white coming back i that was the plan is he was going to be back i think tomorrow so i think so that would have given me yeah so um oh. either way back to the trade stuff so everything's starting to to come up a little bit now obviously we know who the bad teams are going to be at this point so but i want to kind of get your take on how you think the trade deadline can will kind of be this year at this point in the Eastern Conference specifically because with everything so tight. And I know that I said – I mean, we kind of did this last year, I feel like. Uh, the Eastern Conference was a little bit tight, especially more towards the bottom. And so um, I had said, you know, maybe we don't see as many moves. And I think it ended uh, – there wasn't a lot of moves, but I still feel like it was more – relatively active than what I had anticipated. But now that this year is even more tight in terms of the standings, do you think that this is a year where we could still see quite a bit of moves or do you think that the, the teams will play it relatively conservative? Yeah, I think because there's so much parity in the league this year, you know, with, with COVID and the rule changed and shooting being down, I think, you know, teams are it's so many decent enough 500-ish teams that nobody wants to, like, give up anything because they think they got a chance, their owners think they got a chance to get in the playoffs, and that, to them, means more money. So I think uh, I think this might be a dry trade deadline, man. Like, I think outside of the teams that are probably, like, bottom of the league, like bottom two, um, like your Magic, your Pistons, uh, maybe the Thunder, um, the Rockets, 
outside of those teams, I don't I don't really see much movement happening because all the rest of the teams are trying to get into playing. Right. So, yeah, I, I think that's that means you it's likely it's gonna be a, a pretty quiet deadline. And then nobody really has cap space. No, not a, not any of the good teams. So Yeah. Yeah, I don't see much happening. And it's like for teams like us that are under the tax, but you know, could maybe acquire a, a difference maker and go over the tax. I still don't see Ted wanting to do that. And I don't think any of those other teams are gonna want to do that too. I think if anything, teams are gonna try and get under the taxes um as much as they can. But going back to the Ben Simmons stuff real quick, it, it's been resurfaced a lot with Wizards Twitter lately because of the bad play of Bradley Beal, but um, you know my opinion on this. I would much rather add pieces and make a lateral move or, or rebuild again. If we were going to rebuild, they should have just done it over the summer. Uh, th- the fact that they're here right now tells me that they want to win, so I don't see why that direction would change all of a sudden because of uh, Bradley Beal's 27-game sample size or however many games that we've played so far. So, uh, But do you think that there's a realistic way to – acquire Ben Simmons without having to give up Beal? Uh, no. <laughs> Simply because of Daryl Moore. Like, yeah. he's just not, he's not going to play ball to to allow that to happen. So, I say no. Um, you know, I think he is dead set on waiting it out, even if Ben just sits the whole year. I think he's dead set on waiting it out until a star comes available in a, in a, in a team, you know, a team is desperate, you know, it could be Dame, shoot, it could be Beal. It could be, you know, a number of players that he feels like meets the standard of a, of a Ben Simmons return because Embiid's time is now. Like Embiid doesn't have another eight, nine years playing at the level he's playing at. He might not even have five years with his needs. So, So you have to go and get an all-star back. Like, even if it means moving, including Tobias Harris in the deal, anything. Like, you have to go get another top, like, I guess what they said, a top 25-level player because Embiid is trying to win now. And his knees don't have a lot of time left. So I I understand the thinking. And if I was the GM, I'd probably be having the same stance. Sure. And I think that the only player that would even relatively meet that criteria in terms of who Philly could acquire. And it's a consistent one is CJ McCollum. But do you think that there's another guy out there that's realistically attainable for them that um, you think that they could possibly try and get that could be talented, if not more talented than uh, McCollum? I know Jalen Brown's name is going to be thrown out there, but who knows if that's a piece that Philly would invest in. See, I don't think Philly even views CJ as like a top 25 player. So uh, from what I last seen, they're they not interested in that at all. Um, I know yeah, Portland yeah. would be interested in that, but I don't think I don't think the Sixers are. Jalen Brown, I, maybe. Um, but again, but it's yeah, like divisional I, rival stuff. Like, do they make yeah. that deal and all that? I know it matters less in the NBA, but like it still matters because there's a good chance that you can see that other team eventually at some point in the postseason. So. Right. right. That's why when I saw the report saying that they had interest in Shy from OKC and then Dame, the Dame interest being obvious, but the Shy interest 
that actually makes sense because Shy is good enough to kind of meet that criteria where you say, okay, top 25 player, Shy could be that. But then he's also young enough, just in case, say, Embiid knee blows up tomorrow, you still got a young guy that you can build around, you know? Sure. And it's not, you know, it's not us trading for CJ McCollum, who's also, you know, 30 plus. And, you know, th- it, there's no future beyond that, you know? So, sure, sure. Um, yeah, I, I think, I think Maury's going to hold off, hold, sit on it, man, and just wait and be patient. Yeah, the the Shea thing makes a lot of sense. the The problem with that is if they they would need a third or a fourth team in that because the Thunder don't have the the money to match the salary. So because Shea's extension doesn't kick in until this off season, so he's still on his his rookie deal. So that complicates things when trying to swap a, a four or five million dollar contract for a thirty three million dollar one. So, um. They would need some help. Now, if someone wants to take Bertans, you know, maybe Philadelphia will say, okay, we'll take Bertans if OKC gives a Shea and then, you know, Oklahoma gets Ben Simmons and um, whatever. You know, I don't know how – and we lift the pick protections for OKC. I don't know. I'm just – What else I'm doing that? <laughs> yeah. That's 23 pick. That's a good – that's going to be a good draft. I don't know if I'm doing that. Unless you get Bill to sign the day. Um. Yeah, I don't know if I'm doing that. What's the free agency class like this summer? Bad. Is it bad? It's bad. But summer oh. 23, though, the summer of joking. <laughs> I don't see how he leaves. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, you just never know, Curry. man. You never know. I, I I didn't think Harden was ever leaving Houston either. So, you know, you never know. Well, you know, Russell Westbrook kind of came in and left that situation a, a buck. Not that it's his fault, but um, I mean, even the CP3 thing. Like I thought the CP3 thing was going to work perfect, and it and it kind of did. They were a game away, and then that blew up. So it's like I don't know, man. Well, you just those. Never know stars. Those Rockets had a squad when they had um, Josh Smith and Dwight Howard. Like that was a, that was a solid team that the Rockets had during those years, and they just couldn't get it done. But um, I couldn't believe how useful Josh Smith was for those Rockets teams. I mean, he was he was an incredible role player. Good comeback for him. Uh, if there is one player right now, realistically, that's on the trade market that you would want the Wizards to to trade for. Who is that, and what do you think it takes to get it done? Man, it's Carl Anthony Towns, and it's been Carl Anthony Towns for like two plus years for me. Like, um, similar to when I was kind of standing on the table for a Paul George move when we had Wall. Like, I feel like when you have a star guard, the best compliment to that is a star big man. And I feel like if you really want to maximize Bill. I think you need to go get him a Carl Anthony Towns to pair next to him. And then really, I think you got a shot of really contending for something because everything else to me is kind of just a waste of time. Like, you know, um, but yeah, I think it's Carl Anthony Towns. Like at every press conference after ill, it seemed like he kind of, he, he going through a reevaluation <laughs> of his love for the game and was, you know, uh, 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 taking inventory on his career 
And I'm like, look, man, just <laughs> come on over to DC, man. Like, I, I feel like I would, I would, outside of, I would probably say in a move for 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 Cat. Obviously, you're not including Bill, but I would probably whatever they would want. I'm I would consider it because I don't think it's anybody on this team that you're like, oh, they're untradeable. Right. Uh, <laughs> like, yeah, like I, I especially for a, a talent like Cat, like because I think he's probably one of the best shooting big men ever. Um, he's easily 25 and 10 every night. Um, he just needs to kind of cut down on the turnovers and show up defensively. Um, but yeah, you you can build. I feel like you can build a contender around Bill and Cat at the top of your roster. Uh, you know, with the right pieces. But that's what I would be looking to do. I just don't know what we have, like, in terms of this season that they would be too terribly interested in. I mean, obviously, Denny and Rui, I think, are in the conversation, um, no doubt in my mind. But outside of that, uh, I think the time to do that would be this summer since then Gafford becomes trade eligible. And, you know, I don't know if Thomas Bryant, Montrez Harold, Tenny Rui, um, you know, you have to throw in Bertans for salary purposes. You know, I don't think that uh, that entices Minnesota too much, especially since we can't give up the draft capital. You know, if we were a team that could trade three, four first round picks, you know, I think that's a different conversation. And that'd be something that I would sign up for because I'm trying to win. So to me, it's like we have enough young talent on the roster right now. So I don't I don't want to add any more young talent to what we already have. I'm ready to to push those chips in and trying to win, but we're just handicapped right now with the restrictions on the trade. It gives us almost no flexibility, which is why I'm not so sure what we'll be able to do at all really to make any marginal improvements this season. Yeah, I, I think it's tough because like in a in a vacuum you look at it, it's like, okay. If they if you're if they're trading Carnthony Towns, the package is gonna be at least probably six assets, right? And then it's right. like what what type of assets? Is it gonna be all young pieces? Is it gonna be picks? Is it gonna be a combo of vets, picks, depending on what they're trying to do? Um I think if they do trade Cat, like it would probably be because Cat wants to be out um and just says, you know, trade me. So then he's going to probably have a little bit of leverage in where he goes. Uh, and so then that kind of helps the Wizards if we could become one of those teams that he wants to play for. I really think that's the only way it kind of works out because if it's just, oh, we're, just, we're only trading Cat to the place that's going to give us back the best pieces, then it's not going to be the Wizards. Um, right. Honestly, it will probably be the Warriors for real because – you know, they still got Moody, Kaminga, Wiseman, and them dudes don't even play. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> can you imagine that team with 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 Cat on it? Ugh. They'd be uh pretty unstoppable, man. Um and they're already sort of unstoppable now without their second best player. So um yeah. I mean Steph Clay, uh Wiggins, Draymond cat yeah that'd be uh be about as deadly as you could get so hopefully that doesn't happen but i do think that Den, uh denny Rui, and gafford is something like I, I in terms of trying to find a 
and, and Kispert. Like finding a few young pieces that you can trade for. I mean, how many teams realistically, in terms of wanting to trade guys like that, like could throw together better packages? I know you just said the Warriors, but how many other teams around the league are really going to do that? And if we're being honest, I mean, Daniel Gafford and Rui have proven more than Kuminga and Moody and Wiseman, you know? So. Yeah, I totally, totally agree. Um, I, I just think, you know, it, it would. Yeah, like I say, it would have to be Cat kind of saying, I want to go here. And, you know, that kind of dictating the deal. Because, uh, yeah, the Wizards don't have the best package. And it's like, you know, you look at what Harding got traded for. It's like, uh, you know, the, the, it's pennies when you look back at that trade. But it was because he wanted to go to the net. So, you know, that dictated the deal. Um. <sighs> And I think that Minnesota would owe him that respect, too. I mean, with the change in ownership, the constant changing with the coaching staffs, the inability to build a a winner. I mean, for him to not basically come out and say he wants to be traded by now is nothing short of a miracle. So I would say that they at least owe him the respect of choosing his destination and you work out the details in between. Um, but let's go ahead and look forward to... This week's onslaught of games, and it is not going to be pretty. The Wizards now have six games on the road. My God, um, they are not a good road team this year. I think they're play. I think they're a couple games below 500, if I'm not mistaken, on the road. So I don't think that. I mean, I could be wrong. I don't think that it's terrible, but they're certainly more of a home team than a road team, and. Um, Obviously, this is the biggest stretch for them on the road this season. But we have four of them this week, so we're only going to talk about four of them. But um, first up, we got Denver. If they had, if they didn't have, if they literally had any other center in the league, I think I give the Wizards a win here because I don't, with everyone that's injured for them right now, I don't think it's really that great of a team. But we saw what happened last game when you have bigs that are just simply more talented. And I think this is going to be another one of those. I mean, I think this is going to be a nightmare for Gafford tonight. Now I hope I'm wrong and I hope he comes out and plays a good disciplined game, but Gafford is not a disciplined player. I mean, he's getting there, but he's not there yet. And I, and then you start Trez coming in and having to go against that. And it's just, it's going to be a disaster, man. Um, I'm going to have an L for tonight. Yeah. Uh, dang, man. You know, the Nuggets are really, like, hit with that injury bug, but Jokic is playing at such a high level, man. And, he again, he's he's one of those guys that hurts us where our strength is in that front court. So if, if, if he's killing us, I don't know. Like, I don't know how we win. If, if we're going to get the same backcourt performance we've been getting the last, you know, 14 games, I don't know. Uh, you know, I, I I don't know what what we do. I don't know. I don't know what we do, man, to deal with that. Cause Trey is too small, and Gafford too light in the ass. So I I don't know how you deal with that that beast of a joke kick there. I I just don't know what you do. Okay, so I'll take that as a loss. Uh, um, Sacramento. I'll let you go first on this one because I'm still kind of back and forth on it. Uh, I'm going to go W there uh, because, again, their strength is their, their guard play. 
And I think we can we can deal with that. And I think we we can take advantage of our strength with the front court. So smaller teams like them, I think we're okay against. I think we'll better beat them. You'd like to give them the win here, right? Because if they lose this, you're talking about a five game losing streak. With um with Phoenix and Utah on deck. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right about that. You, we can't afford a five, six game losing streak. They got to beat Sacramento. That's almost like a must win game. Uh, but well, I feel like this team is not situationally aware. Like, I feel like when they know they have to come and like get a game, they just don't give a shit. They're like, fuck it. Um, I'm gonna go loss. I'm gonna go loss. Um, all right. Phoenix and Utah, is it really worth talking about these or not really? You know I'm putting for those. LL. So. Okay. <laughs> it's a shame, isn't it? Um, but I know schedule has a lot to do with this stuff, but man, this is going downhill and it's going downhill fast. And this is without getting to our schedule that's in March and April. Um, this is this is getting bad, but at least um, it lightens up a little bit after this stretch because we go. I know we're still on the road, but we have the um, where are we at? Let me see. So we'll have the Nets and the Knicks. The Knicks are definitely a winnable game. The Knicks. I mean, we want to talk about teams that completely have fallen off a cliff. Uh, the Knicks are the definition of that. They started off about as good as us, and then all of a sudden they just say they couldn't win a game. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, they're having some of the same issues we have. Like, you know, Julius Randle hasn't played to the crazy level he played last year. The defense is tapered off, and then, you know, they, they're getting some horrible point guard play. You know, it's literally like the same, same issue we're dealing with. You know, the bench is outplaying the starters. So, uh, you know. They're almost like carbon copy of what we're dealing with now. So, um, but yeah, we got the Knicks. We got the Sixers. Sixers are a winnable game. Uh, pretty much Embiid is about a fifty-fifty chance to play in that game. Um, you know, you got Miami, and then you got a chance to redeem yourself against Cleveland. Um, who knows what the Bulls situation will be by then? The Hornets are certainly a winnable game. The Rockets, the Bulls again, the Magic, the Thunder, the Magic, the Trailblazers. You know. Uh, it lightens up a little bit towards the beginning of this January and into December. This next 10 is their hardest stretch of the whole season. And then it's kind of like middle of the road after that. So, you know, I, I expect them to lose more than they win this next 10. And then after that, they should be able to play around 500 or better basketball, depending on what what this backcourt does. Um, so we'll see. Yeah, I'm looking right now. I'm looking again at March and April. It's not as bad as it was looking at the beginning of the season. Like, really, to end the season. I mean, February is a little rough, but um, going into March and April, it's actually an easier stretch of basketball, it looks like, compared to what we thought the expectation was going to be at the beginning of the season. So, yeah. Um, I, I wish we had, like, the Lakers schedule. It seemed like every damn time they play, it's like the Magic, the Pistons, the Thunder. Yeah, which means uh, 
is that later in the season, they're really going to hit the onslaught. And then who even knows if they'll be in a play in spot by then. I really just do not like the Lakers. And like, you know, I mean, in the off season, I was like, I don't even know if they will be like a playoff team. Like, and I was, I wasn't trying to be rude just to like hate on Russ, yeah. but I thought that the way that their roster was constructed from top to bottom, it's just, it just didn't make any sense to me. So. Yeah, just I was just looking at it yesterday. So far, they've had the second easiest schedule in the NBA, and they like basically five hundred. And the so way like, <laughs> that tell you that tell you right there, they're not a good basketball team. And and it's take and even the wins they're getting, it's taking LeBron having to look like an MVP candidate in order for them to win those games by like four or five points. So it, it's like you know they're not a good team, man. They're not a good team. So no. And I, I'm trying not – and everyone's like, oh, fire Frank Vogel. I'm, I'm, I'm sure Frank Vogel's probably not the best coach in the world. I get it. But, like, I I, I try – because I'm like, what do you do if you're him? Like, I know you can change your rotations a little bit. Like, there are some veterans that I would just completely not, not have in my rotation at all. But a lot of this stems back for them is AD's inability to be physical and just, I mean, useful anymore. I mean, I think that if you have, like, Gaffer – Hey, you said he's not right useful? Now, I don't. You giving him the no, you giving him really. the Bertans treatment, man. Come on, man. He, he still I, he still has like a top five per in the league. Although I know per skews to big men because of the rebounding, but he's not been bad. He's he hasn't been like he's been bad. He's been bad. Numbers aside, he's been bad. Yeah, I I think it's because like you said, he's not playing physical. Um, like it, it's kind of like Dinwiddie. Like you have a guy who who basically made their career off the interior, finishing it around the rim, you know, dominating the paint and, you know, getting to the free throw line, putting your team in, in, in a bad foul situation. And now it's like AD, maybe because of injury, maybe because he's getting older, has decided he just don't want to play in the paint no more. Like he wants to be, he wants to be Dirk or, <laughs> you know, Carl Anthony Towns, you know, where he camp out at the three-point line. I guess that his performance in the bubble you know, kind of got to his head, and he like, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna become a full time three point shooter, jump shooter, and that's not really his game. It's never been his game, with the exception of that bubble year, which you know we're finding now was kind of fluky. Uh, no fans, kind of AAU atmosphere. They were playing him with the older ball, lighter contact rules, so you know shooting was up. But now, them same shots not falling. He got to get his ass back in the paint, and he don't want to do it. <clears throat> and they're still without um, Ariza and Kendrick Nunn. Neither of them have played a game all year. But it's like Rondo wouldn't even be in my rotation right now. Um, Dwight Howard or DeAndre Jordan. I mean, I know they need a backup center, so I'd probably pick one of those two. I'd probably yep. lean – I don't know. I mean, I guess I'd probably lean Howard. But, I mean, it, we Howard have is a their best center. Yeah, yeah Dwight, I mean, Dwight Howard is their best center. Which we is sad because he's. <laughs> we do actually. We have a center. A couple teams could use. Um, uh, but I might. I might be at the point where I don't know if it's if it's Brian or Trez. Because I think I think the the limitations with Trez are starting to show that. Uh, that might not be something you invest long term in. Like no, no, it's not. Um, it, it would be Bryant for them, but. 
Again, it's like all the the Lakers struggles. A lot of it to me goes back with Anthony Davis because he's not agile or quick enough to play the four to where he's a liability. I mean, really, almost on both ends. And then on uh, the, on the defensive side, I mean, he got in there and rebound. I mean, th- that's the, where like Gafford would crap on Anthony Davis, and I'm I'm not even joking with that. Like it would it, when we play the Lakers and Anthony Davis lines up at the five, it's going to be a Gafford game. I promise. I'm just worried about weak side rebounding with them because, yeah, Gafford can lock up AD, but when that ball come off the rim, if Gafford is attending to AD because he's jumping in the air, who's getting that weak side rebound dealing with Dwight Howard? That's that's what yeah. I'm. That's my issue, and that's where they've kind of been getting killed is the weak side rebounder because Kuzma, especially with Kuzma out, and you got to go Denny there or, you know, it's not really KCP small too, so it's like that's that's where the, the issue is. You know, if Gafford leaving his feet, who they to rebound? Um, you know, because they got to, I, I think, with, with you know, this, t- I, I, I think we need to go get like a, a Robin Lopez or Alex Lynn type back here. We need a guy with some size, man. And then once you get that, then I would look to move Bryant or, or Trez. And I'm fine with either one. Honestly. I don't know how much more useful he is anymore, but I mean, Mark Gasol is a free agent, you know, um, probably oh, a veteran guy. It's not the worst <laughs> thing ever. As a third big, I mean, you yeah, know, you're you right. Could... You're right. Yeah, you're right. That is as a third big. I'm just like, damn, if he got to play more than 10 minutes, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't know, man. But, yeah, 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 I mean, Anthony Davis has been, like, more on my shit list this year for me than Russell Westbrook has because I don't think Russell Westbrook – I mean, at the beginning of the season, he was, like, really, really bad. But now, I mean, I watching them play and watching multiple games, like, diagnosing their issues, like, to me, it's more on Anthony Davis than it is Russell Westbrook. And, and so that's yeah, kind of sure. where it's It's definitely on me. AD because I think the, the expectation for Russ has significantly lowered. Like, nobody's asking <laughs> – you're, ex- you're not expecting Russ to be your second-best player anymore. Right. Like how we were expecting him to be like how we, you know, the Rockets expected him to be that expectation is tempered now. So him having like a league average PER shoot his usual, you know, with his usual, like, I don't know, 53 percent true shooting. Uh, that's about what you expect with him. The high turnovers. He's going to be top three in turnovers. Right. But it's supposed to be Anthony Davis, man. Like. The conversation after the bubble was, okay, is AD now the best player on the Lakers? Right. You, that's laughable now. It's like, yeah. ain't even close. <laughs> so, so yeah, that that is the issue, is, is Anthony Davis's play. Like, he's the guy that was supposed to take that leap to be MVP caliber, best player on the Lakers. And he's barely an all-star right now. So. What do you make of the... Um the top of the West right now with Golden State and Phoenix. Do you have a choice between either one of the teams right now? Or um, I mean, it sucks that the finals is going to have to include the Nets or the Bucks. I mean, I, I'm i here for the Phoenix and Milwaukee rematch, but because I really just don't want to see Brooklyn in it. I really don't care. But either way, it's a shame that one of Phoenix or Golden State's not going to be able to make it this year because I think both teams are extremely deserving, obviously, based on their records. Yeah, it would be dope to see two like backcourt based teams kind of duke it out for a championship. But uh, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I, I think it's 
I, I don't know, though, because I think the Warriors kind of got some warts with their front court play. Like, you yeah, know, they're they getting a lot of, like, they're, they're getting a lot of, I guess, overachiever play from their bench. You know, from guys like Gary Payton and uh, I can't think of the other guy that, that plays power four for them off of their bench. That are kind of like Anderson or Toscano, yeah, yeah, Toscano Anderson. That are kind of playing above their head right now. And then it's like, okay, when that tapers back to reality, then what? You know, because this is really still the same team from last year that was a that got eliminated in the play in. It's not much change. Um it's just guys are kind of just playing better. Um, yeah. So, but they're not, to me, they're not like super duper talented where you're like, oh, yeah, you, they're just going to overwhelm teams with their with their high-end talent. I think the Suns could beat them in a seven-game series, especially with Aiton. Like, the, if, if he gets to, if he goes another level by the time the playoffs start and they don't have Wiseman at a comfortable level where he can play 20 plus minutes, I think you could see a situation where a team or even like the, I wish the Nuggets were healthy because if they had Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. healthy, ain't nobody on the Warriors guarding joking. So, you know, I feel like that's their weakness, but it's just like, or even the Lakers really, if, if, if Anthony Davis could get it together, you could really exploit them in that front court. But it's like you got injuries, you got guys not playing up to the level they typically play. So, um, you know, we'll see. It's going to be interesting, but I think it's the Bucks. I, I said the Bucks before the year. Like that, that's that, that's the perfect balanced team. Like elite, dominant, two-way big man and Giannis. They got the shooting. They they added more shooting to what they already had. Getting Grayson Allen for pennies, man. They got Grayson Allen for what two second-round picks. Something. Was it? I don't know. And now they about to get DiVincenzo back. That's another forty percent shooter from three. Middleton, yeah. Drew Holiday, uh, Bobby Portis can shoot it. I mean, they got all types of shooting around Giannis, and then you put Giannis at the five. That makes him even more crazy to guard. I, I just think they're. I think they're gonna. I don't want to say walk to the finals. But unless the Nets get Kyrie back, and then I still think they got to make another move, I don't see them beating the Bucks, man. Not at full strength. I just – I don't see it. So um, – Yeah, I'd be lining up to trade Kyrie if I were them. I don't think I, – I don't see what the point is of having him anymore if you got Harden running point. Right. Now, say they traded Kyrie for Ben Simmons. Well, then it's Ooh. on now. Is on now because then you could put Ben on Giannis, neutralize that a little bit, and then you just let KD go, KD and Harden go. Um, then that's that's a whole different ball game. Then, but if you're telling me it's Kyrie, Harden, KD, and then a bunch of C D level guys bench wise, I'm not. I don't think that's enough to beat the Bucks. Yeah, um, yeah. Ben Simmons to Brooklyn would be not ideal for. For Wizards fans, yeah, you, can, or, yeah, you can wrap it up. <laughs> I mean, it'd be nice because I think Philly would be. I don't know how much better Philly would be with that because I mean, what are you moving Maxi to the bench then? And I don't know. I don't. I don't think of highly as Kyrie. He's still extremely skilled, but my my opinion and how I view Kyrie's value has significantly tanked. Uh, not playing games because of the. The vaccine aside, I'm just I, 
Yeah, it's just always something with him, man. If it wasn't a vaccine, it'd be something else for why he can't show up to work. <laughs> like, it's just one of them dudes, man. Like, I feel like if he was like, if he wasn't really skilled at basketball, I feel like he would be one of them dudes that you look, if like, if he was a friend, he'd be the friend that never could keep a job for more than like six months at a time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, he's yeah, that yeah. guy. You know? like, like, dude, why you can't keep no job, man? Why you can't show up on time for more than like, a couple weeks at a time. Like, can you just get it together? Like, it's he's the managers, guy. man. <laughs> I got a friend like that. Um, <laughs> See? So you already know. No, I already know. It's hilarious, man. Um, it's always the management or it's everybody else. Or, yeah. No accountability. It's just floating. Uh, just a floater. <laughs> yeah. Um, anything else you got before we go on and get out of here? Oh, uh, man, I hope they get a W tonight, man. I, I they, the Wizards Twitter needs needs something, needs something. Can, man, they, was... can they surprise us? Can they go on a, a four-game winning streak here and then we can stop this, the, the rebuild talk and all this other nonsense? Like, can we just go win some games and stop dicking around with these teams? Go out there, game plan properly against Jokic, take this team out. Go into Sacramento and remind them why they've been an under-500 team for years. And then go and play a hard game against Phoenix and Utah, and you'll live with the results from those games. Just don't get blown out. I mean, or uh, at minimum. Where's Twitter needed, man? I'm sick of the the Bill wasn't that good brigade uh, taking victory laps, man. Like, I need him to snap out of it, yo. Yeah, definitely. Bring Dinwiddie with him, because, yeah. As we get closer to the all-star break and the trade deadline and all that. We're, I'm going to try looking for different guys to come on. And I mean, if you know anyone or have any connections or have any ideas for guests, that would be good to have on. Um, I'd love to have Troy on it at some point. Um, I think he's obviously pretty plugged in and a very knowledgeable guy. Maybe we'll go that route. Um, we had uh, someone suggest to us, Kevin Foley. So maybe that's, something i've already dm'd with him about that so he's someone that we'll try and get on here i'm sure we'll try and get chase hughes on eventually um i'll try and do some digging and try and get more national people on who maybe just have sort of an outsider's perspective or who knows maybe you're a little bit more plugged in than um we initially thought but thank you guys as we get close to that deadline man because it it could get real spicy (laughs) yeah i mean this do you think that if we keep losing that it entices us to, to make more of a move, or you think that um, it has to be if we keep winning? Man, we were 17 and 32 last year, man. And we and didn't do Tommy, shit. And Tommy just did a marginal-ass move that ended up being a, a great move getting Gafford. But I, I would just temper the expectations for, for fans, man, expecting like a huge move. Um. Yeah. Hey, Cam Reddish for KCP. I'm here for that. Um, if the Hawks want to call and take on some extra money, I'm good with that. Ooh, that's a real small forward right there. I don't know how much he gonna want this summer though. Yeah. How much apparently, you the, apparently the Hawks want a first round pick, and we just don't have the ability to do that. But oh, I mean, I'm now would you that. do? I mean, you could do Denny and KCP for Reddish and then, like, a salary filler, but I don't know if that's... that's Reddish is not a two-for-one player. Like, no. 
I'm not doing that. Yeah. <laughs> nope, nope, nope. Well, whatever. Anyway, um, thanks, you guys, for tuning in. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. If you're already subscribed, unsubscribe and resubscribe. Leave us a review. Rate us five star, and we will see you wins. Do we have a game on, on Wednesday night? Is that Sacramento game on Wednesday, or is it tomorrow? Uh, let me see real quick. Because if it's if it's a night game, we may I don't know what your schedule is going to be like, but we may have to try and do that before the game. Wednesday so. at ten. Yeah, Wednesday at ten. Yeah, so maybe we can do before the game if that works for you. Yeah, we can do like a little preview. Yeah, yeah, yeah we can do that. Yeah, because I'm not trying to have everyone on the East Coast stay up. Everyone's going to want to go to bed, and we'll have those people that are still up and that will still tune in, but. Uh, for the most part, everyone's going to want to get to bed. So, uh, But all right, thanks, guys, for tuning in, and we will see you next time.